about the three A's. The three A's. I realize we're in day three of the fast and we're still alive. And can I remind you of this? And a lot healthier. We're alive and we're a lot healthier. Whether we feel it or not, we may be like, oh, but you're healthier because you're treating your body to a spring clean. And it doesn't always like it. It's a little bit resistant. But you know what? We're still here. And I pray, as Josh said earlier, that you are enjoying the journey and not enduring it. We must have the proper mindset that focuses on the reward and not the sacrifice. We've got to be careful that our conversation with people is not all about what we can't eat, what we've been missing, and oh, I can't do this, I can't. We've got to focus on the reward. What's at the end? What are we expecting and believing God to do in our lives? Our, our wish list, our prayer list over on our prayer wall over there, and, and we're just believing. And, and, and by Sunday, we're going to have a praise wall up there too, because we're going to transfer some prayer requests onto the praise wall. Is that cool? And we're just going to believe we've already seen miracles and God's already doing great things. But as I wrote in an email to you all yesterday, we've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. It's not about what you eat or not eat. That's not our focus. But the main thing is that we will draw closer to God, that our lives will be drastically changed. And in doing so, that we can celebrate the goodness of God upon our lives. And Sunday morning, we talked about a new type of fast. If you weren't here Sunday morning, you need to get the CD. You need to order it. And incidentally, if you did not receive my email yesterday, put up your hand. If you did not receive my email, can you hand out a card, Miss Nancy? We need to make sure that all these people are on the list because obviously we don't have your email. Keep it up. Keep it up till Miss Nancy comes to you. We want to make sure. Now, if you don't have a computer, that's probably why you didn't get our email. So don't put your hand up and expect the, the, uh, miracles to take place. Um, but fasting is our time to disconnect ourselves enough from the regular patterns and habits in order to connect more closely to God. And there's nothing more spiritual about one fast than the other. If you're just on a water fast, praise God. But that doesn't make you any more spiritual than someone who's on a partial fast or someone who's just fasting cokes. Listen, it's not the type of fast that makes it spiritual or not, but it's its purpose and what it wants to do in our lives. Come on, we're fasting and we're believing God to free our lives from the gunk, that we can be a new wineskin, that one that God can fill and one that God can use. So tonight I just really want to encourage you for a few moments in the fast. We're already seeing miracles take place and we've just started, or let me say it the right way, God has just started in our midst and God's going to do great things. But all those breakthroughs, all those miracles, all those answers to prayer are just the byproducts 
of us drawing closer to God. As we are in that place where God wants us to be, miracles will happen. God will work in our lives. This week I've been reading a book by Stovall Williams called Awakening. It's a very great, it's a really good book. It's a 21-day kind of fasting journal study and um, a very, very good book. And I was reading something from it this week and I read a chapter that really blew me away. And I want to, I want to minister on and teach on what I read this week if I could tonight. And that is this, fasting is your way to agreement, alignment and assignment. If you're taking notes tonight and you need to, remember if you take notes in church, you're a lot less likely to go to hell. I don't know if that's true, but don't chance it. Just make sure. But I think it's great to take notes in church. So, And I'm not talking about writing notes to your neighbor. I'm talking about taking down because you'll never know when you may need some of this back again. But I want to talk about the three A's tonight. And I believe fasting can bring us to that place. The first is agreement. The second is alignment. And the third one is assignment. And let me read this passage from this book, if I may, tonight. Just a few words from this book. And I think it will really bless you. It says, One of the reasons I think prayer and fasting are so powerful when combined is that together they activate a chain reaction where we see God's kingdom manifested on earth. This sequence is what I call agreement, alignment, an assignment. When we come into agreement with God, we are aligned to God's perfect will on this earth, as it is already in heaven. When we are aligned with heaven, we find that God can use us in ways that we never thought possible. Then we begin to walk in our assignment, which is the purpose that God created each one of us to fulfill. Isn't that good thoughts right there? And I want to talk about that tonight, but before we do, look at this scripture from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, and it says these words, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship, meaning God made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This passage tells us what? It tells us that we're created by Christ, but we're created with a purpose. And we need to live life out in the purpose that God has for us. The sad reality is there's not many people who are living in their God-given purpose today. They're not living in the assignment that God has for their lives And that's because it doesn't start with purpose. It has to first be agreement, alignment, then the purpose comes, then the assignment comes. Let me give you a simple illustration of this. A car. What is the purpose of a car? Can anyone help me tonight? Is the purpose of a car to look nice? Is the purpose of a car to sit in a garage? Is the purpose of a car to be admired by everyone around Or is the purpose of a car to be driven? Help me out tonight. It's to be driven, huh? I mean, it's to be driven. It's to be used. So let's think about that car for a moment. When we buy the car, that's agreement. That we have the car. It's available to us. But then we've got to sit in it, put the key in the ignition, 
and start it. That is the alignment portion, but it doesn't finish there. Guess what? Then we have to put it into gear and we have to drive it. That's the assignment part. So first you've got to have the car, but then you've got to be in it. You've got to start it. And then you've got to put it into gear and to be able to drive it. It's the same with a lamp. You can buy the most beautiful lamp in the world, but a lamp is not to be bought to be admired. A lamp's purpose is to shine, to give light. So when you buy the light, that's the agreement. When you plug it in, that's the alignment. But when you turn it on, bam, that's the assignment. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, how we can be there But we can be engaged and we can drive our lives into the purpose that God has for us. Many people just want to find the purpose of life. But you can't find purpose on its own. It's a process that many of us don't want to undergo. Many people want the rewards without the effort. Remember the little story about the little red hen? Was it the little red hen that went and asked everyone, will you come and help me to make a meal? Will you help me prepare? There wasn't one animal in the farmyard that wanted to help the little red hen to make a meal. But when the food was prepared, guess what? Everyone wanted to come and eat it. It's a lot like us as Christians. We don't want to put the work in to get in our lives where they need to be. But we just want the results. We just want God to give us that purpose and assignment for our lives without agreement and alignment. So tonight we're going to look at these three real quick. Let's look at agreement tonight. Look what it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. I would tell you to turn there, but most of you probably don't even know Amos is in the Bible, do you? Don't even know where it is. My my grandmother's dog used to be called Amos. And I'll tell you something about that dog. He knew when Sunday was. You can laugh, but he would bark every morning to get off his leash about 7 o'clock in the morning. But Sundays they laid into about 8 o'clock and he would not bark. He would wait for them to come out Sunday morning. He was a Christian dog. Or maybe he was just sleeping through church like other people do too. But look what it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. It says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Doug, can you give me some air in the house, please? New Living Translation says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? We're talking about agreement. There is no way two people can walk if they're going in opposite directions. They cannot walk together. They have to agree on the direction they are going. It's the same in our lives. We've got to agree on the direction that God's going, not the direction we're going, because if we go our way, we're going to end up in problems. Do I hear an amen or an oh my? When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was going to go to Calvary, just before he was arrested, what was the prayer he prayed? He says, not my will, but your will Be done. Now, that was a tough thing to pray, even for Jesus, because he knew what God's will meant. He knew God's will was he had to go to the cross. He knew the suffering and the pain of what it meant to be crucified, probably one of the most horrific um, experiences that anyone, a human being, could go through to be crucified upon a cross. He knew that, but even knowing it, he said, God, not my will, but yours be done. Living in agreement is to surrender your will over to God. It's to surrender your will to God. It's to live totally surrendered to God. And we struggle here. Come on, I'll just be honest with you. We struggle here. 
There's days where it's easy to say, God, you're in complete control. But there's other days where we want to take the control. Come on, do I have a witness in the house? You're sitting looking at me tonight. I want to hear from you tonight. Come on, there's times where we're fine. God, oh, just lead me and guide me. But then there's other times where we turn around and say, hold on a second, God. I think you made a mistake. Can I just step in? God, who knows better for me than myself? So God, I can handle this. I can handle it. Hopefully we don't do that too many times because the results and the rewards of that are usually not the greatest. But look what it says in Proverbs 14 verse 12. Because there's a way that we want, and that's the struggle within us. The way God's will or our will. God's will, our will. And God won't go against your will. If you want it enough, God will let you have it. And the example we see from the children of Israel is what you always want is not always the best thing for your life. But look what it says in Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says these words, There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. I'm going to simplify this tonight, and I'm going to say there's two ways. Way number one, your way. Way number two, his way. Come on, are you with me tonight? Two ways. Your way may seem right, It may be right right now, but it's heading in the wrong direction. And it's heading somewhere that you're not going to like the end results of. The Bible says your way is always going to end in death. You can say, well, no, that's not true because I know my way is going to do this, that, and ever. Listen, God is not a God that he should lie. Has he not so said it, so will it not happen. You cannot go against the word of God. If you go your way and live according to your will and your pleasure and your desires and everything, I'm telling you, the end is death. But when you agree, come in agreement. How can two walk together unless they agree on the direction they're going? When we say, God, you know what? I want you to direct my life. I want you. That's his way. And his way may be tough at times. Listen, when someone stands up and says, give your life to Christ and you'll never have another problem, you need to shout out in church, you're a liar. Because there's a lot of problems that you're still going to have to endure. But here's the greatest promise that we perhaps have. And that is this. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That means when you go through the struggles and the trials, even when you think the boat is sinking and you're going down, guess what? Jesus is there with you. And Jesus is able to stand up and say, peace be still. He's in the midst of the trials and the storms, the frustrations, the anguish. He's right there for what purpose? To laugh at you? No. He's there to help you through. He's there to give you the strength that you can endure and make it to the other side. So there's going to be tough times. In his way, it's not all a bed of roses. There's going to be maybe tough times. There's going to be struggles. But his way is the way of life. And it's not just life. It's abundance of life because that's what his word says. So really, it's a no-brainer, really, for every one of us. I wonder which way I should go, death or life, because that's the two choices. We've got to get to a place where we're allowing God and say, God, I want what you want for my life. I want my will to conform to yours. We need to surrender our lives completely over to God. Allowing him the lordship over our lives. A lot of people want saviour. We've said this a lot of times. A lot of people want saviour, but they don't want Lord. They want to be rescued. Come on, rescue me, God. I want to be helped, but they don't want then God to be the Lord of their life. And you see, when God lords over your life, you've got to get out the image that he just wants to manipulate you and control you and just every. God wants to put your life where it needs to be. God wants to put you on the right track. 
And if you don't believe me tonight, then let's sit down and have a talk and let's talk about the decisions and the choices that you've made that are outside of God. And let's sit down and be honest and see where they took us or where they're taking us. Emptiness, gloom, despair, broken marriages, losing our jobs, prison. I mean, where does it take us? It doesn't take us a good place. But for the grace of God, many of those decisions and the ways that many of us chose would have taken us to the grave if God hadn't have stepped in and intervened. So it's a no-brainer. But a lot of people still want to have control. When we come to a place where we say, God, your will, not mine, it's a place where we're going to find complete peace, complete joy, and complete fulfillment. There is no greater life than a life that is given over completely to God. There is such fulfillment in that, in total surrender to God. Look what Paul says in Galatians 2 verse 20. I think Paul knew a thing or two. What does he says? I have been crucified with Christ. Look what he says. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. How many would say that that's someone who was in perfect agreement with God? Was Paul perfect? No. Did he still have struggles? Many. But what does he say? I've been crucified. I've killed my flesh. I've killed my pride. I've killed my will. I've surrendered to God. And it's no longer I that lives, but it's God that lives in me. And that's a good thing. Come on, that's a good thing because that's a God thing. I believe one of the things that fasting does is it helps us get to a place of surrender. It brings us to a place where we sit for a moment and we begin to consider and say, you know what, God, I want your will for my life. I've made, and it's going to be bringing us, many of us, to a place where we're going to maybe have to make some decisions for our lives. You see, fasting is not for God. Fasting is for you. You've got to understand it. You're not doing it for God. It's not like God saying, well, great, I'm feeling good because you're fasting. You're not doing it for God. You're doing it for you. We're the ones that need to fast and not to get what we want or to try and get more from God. We need to fast to, to go full throttle after what God wants so we can fulfill his perfect will. What did the Lord's Prayer say? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will. Your will, God, be done. We must first come into agreement to the Lordship of Christ. That it's for his will and for his glory that we live. And when we get to that place, then we begin to walk in the second A. And that is this. We begin to walk in alignment with God. Let's look at alignment tonight. Agreement brings us to that place. Then alignment is the place where God puts things in order. So his will can be unfolded throughout our lives. It's all right to say, God, I surrender to you. But then God wants to begin to do a work in our lives. He wants to change us. He wants to shape us. He wants to prepare us. He wants to fashion us. And he wants to form us. Remember, we talked about alignment being start and the engine. That now there's the potential inside of us ready to go. But there's still one more step before we go. I love the story from the Gospels. In fact, I quote this verse many times from this story. And I quote this verse from Mark 9 verse 23. And Jesus says to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Jesus said those words to a father who had brought his son to be healed 
He was tormented. He was demon-possessed. He had a suicidal spirit upon him because how do we know this? The father said that he would throw himself in the fire. It's tried to kill him and he's tried to kill himself. And the man brought him eventually to Jesus. Why? Because he had taken him to his disciples and the disciples couldn't heal him. Let's read what it says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 17 through 21. It says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus, what's going on in us that we couldn't do this? And look what Jesus says, because of your unbelief, For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. A lot of people stop there, but look at what the next verse says. Do we have another verse, Patricia? There it is. However, this kind does not go out except by, help me out. So the disciples picture this. There's a commotion that's going on. The disciples are praying and they're trying everything to happen. And when they're praying, the kid's flipping out and going crazy and nothing's happening. And they're like, Jesus shows up on the scene. Jesus said, what's going on here? And they said, well, we can't do anything. Jesus said, oh, you faithless, perverse generation, bring him to me. Story goes on. But they said to Jesus later, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus said to them, you couldn't do it because of your unbelief. Your unbelief. But what else did Jesus say in verse 17? Jesus said these two, really these two thoughts. He said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Now, that's kind of harsh, don't you think? That he's looking at these people. They're his disciples. They've been with him. And he says, you faithless, perverse generation. What he's really showing is that faithlessness And perversion are the two main causes or the root cause of the unbelief in our lives. And let me break it down for you tonight. Faithless. When he says, you faithless generation, what he was saying was this. They were too disconnected from God. They were too disconnected from God. And then he goes on and says, you perverse generation. You know what he was saying there? You're too disconnected from God. You're faithless but you're perverse. What You are too connected to the world. Think about that. Disconnected from God, connected to the world. Your life's gunked up. It's not where it needs to be. We still have that same problem today. We're too disconnected from God and we're too connected to the world and all of its distractions. And when we live like that, listen to me, when we live like that, the result every time is going to be unbelief in our lives. Meaning what? Things aren't going to happen. Why? Because we're more interested in the things of the world than the things of God. We've got to say, God, not my will, but yours. But then we've got to be prepared to turn around and say, God, I now want to live in that will. I want to see it unfolded in my life. And we're going to only do that through connecting. And Jesus went on and said these words. He said the remedy was prayer and fasting. Is prayer important? You better believe it. But fasting, Jesus said, was also an important key 
that caused great things to happen, both necessary. I said this on Sunday. Fasting empties us. Prayer fills us. Fasting empties us. Fasting disconnects us from the world where prayer connects us to God. To be in alignment is to see his will being done through our lives. Fasting, you see, isn't about the stuff, as important as those things may be to you. Some of you got a list, and that's great. Things you're praying for and believing God for, that's great. But as important as those things are and, and, and all the stuff that we want, here's what's the most important thing, and that is aligning yourself to God and what he wants for your life. Fasting doesn't get God to change anything. We fast so that we are changed and come into a greater level of faith. Come on, say with me, plugged in. Come on, the lamp, now we're plugged in. Plugged in in God. The reality is this tonight, not one of you need anything from God. The reality is not any one of you need to get God's attention to get anything. You know why? Because he already gave it all to you at your salvation. Come on. He already made it all available to us. But you know what we need? We need to learn how to walk in it. We need to learn how to be in alignment with his will, his plan for our lives. You know, many of us pray so wrong. And I've caught myself doing this too. You know, you go on a journey and we say, God, we pray that you would be with us. I mean, that is a wrong prayer. Because he promised to what? Never leave us or never forsake us. A lot of time we pray things like, God, I pray that your presence would be with me. Come on, his presence is there. Come on, he promised to be there. Come on, we pray wrong. What we need to pray is this, God, that I would sense you there with me, that I would realize that your presence is there with me, that I would come into alignment with what you want to do in my life. How many are going to change your prayer? Come on, we need to change our prayer. It's not God that you'll be with me because he promises to be there. And when we were in an agreement and an alignment, guess what else Jesus said? He said, mountains can be moved. I mean, that is incredible that Jesus said we can speak to the mountain and bam, it can be moved. But you see, when we come into agreement and we put our lives in alignment, you know what? We'll, have a, we'll begin to have a confidence inside of us, a confidence that says, I trust in God and he's able to do everything. Come on, there may be some mountains right now in your life. Come into agreement, allow your life to be placed in an alignment and you can begin to speak because unbelief is gone, because you're disconnected from the world and you're connected to God. Watch as we align our lives how things will begin to fall in place. We'll get a job, there'll be financial breakthroughs, there'll be peace, there'll be direction. Just the miraculous things will take place when we begin to align ourselves with God. So agreement is to surrender to God. Alignment is to allow his will to be unfolded in our life. But then we also need to find our assignment. This is the last one tonight, assignment. Where God uses you in ways that you never thought possible. This is where the real fun begins. And where we find the most fulfillment, and that is when we start doing what God has called us to do. That we start living in our purpose. Say that with me, living in purpose. Come on, living in purpose. What assignment has God got for your life? What is the assignment of your life? What does he have? Well, I know one thing, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 
8 or 18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know the will of God for your life? Start giving thanks to God. Start glorifying God. Start honoring God. Start praising God. You know what that is? That's the agreement and that's the alignment because you're saying, God, I praise you and God, I trust you. I believe in you. You're agreeing. You're aligning your life. And then what happens? The assignment comes. The will of God will begin to come forth in your life. Your life was created for or with a purpose. Your life was created with a specific purpose. And God is the only one that can truly inform you of that purpose. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor P, what's God's will for my life? You know what I have to tell them is this, why don't you ask him? I know that sounds real cliche and maybe a little bit kind of crazy, but isn't that the truth? If it's God's assignment for your life, then he'll tell you what that is. But he maybe won't tell you until you're in agreement and you're in alignment. Why? Because then you can't fulfill the assignment. You've got to have those things in place. It's what we talked about at the beginning. We want the rewards, but we don't want the effort. We don't want to get ourselves into that place. And not only when you, di- when you discover the purpose of God in your life, in order to fulfill it, you need the power of God. Come on, you need the power of God in your life. The voice of the crowd cannot answer the question. A lot of people's lives are determined upon the voice of negativity, the voice of fear, the voice of loneliness, the voice, come on, there's a crowd of noise out there that wants to scream out your name and say, this is the purpose for your life. But listen, don't listen to the crowd. You've got to listen to Jesus. Come on, he's the one that will speak, only the voice of God. And as you live in agreement and alignment, you'll begin to hear his voice and you'll know that voice and you'll follow that voice. Read John chapter 10 when you go home. It says, and my sheep hear my voice and they follow. Why do they follow? Because they know my voice. Get to know the voice of God. Understand this. And if you don't get anything else from this message tonight, grab a hold of this. You were sent to this earth. God, you were sent to this earth. You were sent with a purpose. I don't know what your specific assignment is, but I do know one thing, and that is this. God has called you to be a witness for Jesus. You want an assignment? Be a witness for him. Acts 1 verse 8 says, and you shall be witnesses to me. Come on, that you shall receive power as the Spirit has come upon you and you shall be a witness to me. Listen, witnessing isn't something we do. Witnessing is what we are. It's what we should be at least. It's not like I go out witnessing every day when I wake up in the morning. I should be ready to witness. Wherever I go, I'm a witness to God. It's not an action that I do, but it's a life that I live. Whatever you do, your job. A lot of people have said to me, Pastor P, pray for me. I hate my job. They're a bunch of heathens. I want a new job. And I look at them and say, well, perhaps God's placed you right in the middle of a bunch of heathens that you can be a light in darkness. Stop being so selfish and thinking it's all about you. Come on, you're the 99. You're saved. What about the one? What about the one who's lost? What greater place to be than a bunch of heathens? Because you've got a mission field every day. That you can go into your work and you can shine. And listen, the darker the night, the brighter the light. So you're never going to be brighter than at work. But make sure that you're a witness to God. You see, God has sent each one of us to be a witness first. And you've got to understand that. 
And when you realize that, your whole perspective on life will begin to change. Listen to me. Every person you meet is a potential opportunity to change the course of someone's life and their world. Every person you meet in the grocery store. And Kelly can tell you, my kids can tell you, because they always laugh at me. Everyone I meet, man, hey, how you doing? So friendly to people. Just allow the love of God to shine through. God bless you. Have a great day. It's not that I get to read John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But you know what? If I can't give them the word, I'm going to be the word to them. Come on. I'm going to be happy. I've had people say to me, there's something about you. There's a joy. There's, there's a glow in your eyes. What is it? Hey, can I tell you? Jesus. Some people say, you have a good day too. And I say, every day is a good day with Jesus. Some people look at you like an idiot. Some people say, amen, brother. I feel you. We're right there. And then we have a little Holy Ghost hoedown right there at the checkout line at Walmart or something. We just have a good time. God's not wanting us to be weird. God's just wanting us to be in agreement, alignment, so we can fulfill this assignment. But here's... The challenge for you as I get ready to close. If it's not in you, you can't pass it on. How can you give the life of God if there's no life inside of you? How can you get someone excited about God if you're not excited about God yourself? How can you expect someone to want to come to church when you don't even come yourself? It's amazing how many people have walked through the doors looking for someone who invited them to church and that someone who invited them to church wasn't even here that Sunday. That's sad. Come on, I said that's sad. That's sad. What did Peter and John say in Acts 3 verse 6 when they healed that man at the gate beautiful? What did Peter say? He looked at him and said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. He had the life of Jesus inside of him. He said, that I can give to you. And that was what that man needed. He didn't need silver and gold because he would have been begging for another meal. But the life that God gave him enabled him to be healed, that he could go out and make his own money to be able to provide for himself and his family. Come on, there's a life that can come in God. God has called us. Pastor P, what's my assignment? What is it? I want to be used to God. What is it? Be a witness wherever you go, in the grocery store, in your neighborhood, to your neighbors, to your people at school. Wherever you're at, let your light shine before men that may see your good works and bring glory and honor to God. Agreement, alignment, and assignment. And when they're present in your life, your life will never be the same. Let me remind you why we fast and pray. And give. Because Matthew 6 talks about giving too, just as important. Giving to God. DJ said it tonight. But let me remind you why we fast and pray, and that is this. Number one, to fully surrender to God, to come into agreement. Number two, that we'll see the will of God begin to unfold in our lives, that we'll have the alignment. And then that we will live in his purpose, that we will find the purpose for our lives. Come on, that's the assignment. Get ready. I believe the best is to come for your life. I believe 2012 is your year. Come on, I believe 2012 is your year. I believe it's your year of breakthrough. I believe it's your year of miracles. But most importantly, I believe it's your year where God's going to change you like never before. Come on, agreement, alignment, and assignment. Come on, say that with me one more time. Agreement, alignment, and assignment. The three A's. It's what God wants to do in our lives. So don't focus on, oh, I'm starving, I'm hungry, I'm miserable. Start saying, God, I surrender to you. 
God, let your will unfold in my life. Fulfill, show me the purpose that you have for my life, that I can walk in it. Maybe by the end of the fast, you'll know the specific purpose. Maybe you won't, but know one thing, you already know your purpose, and that is to be a witness. So let your light shine before people, that they may see your good works, and they will glorify God in heaven. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.